Jim Rowan, how you going? History time again, picking up where we left off in July of 2008. No, I would usually say 2008. Um, But as always, let's take stock of what we're up to. Um, Because there has been, unlike the last podcast, there has been a few title changes in the last uh, month that we covered. The IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship is now around the waist of Tiger Mask, entering his fourth reign on the 8th of July after defeating Prince Devitt in the title tournament that followed, in a way, vacating that championship to move divisions to the heavyweight division. The IWGP Junior Tag Championships have also recently changed hands. Uh, Minoru and Prince Devitt of Rise defeated Akira and Jushin Thunder Liger on the 21st of July to become the champion together. Uh, The Heavyweight Tag Championship is still on MVP, Togi Makabe and Toru Yano, who have held on to those since February this year. And the IWGP Heavyweight Championship is still on Muto, uh, who defeated Nakamura back in April, last defended the title on the 21st of July against Nakanishi, successful there, of course. Um, And we've been through two of New Japan's four major tournaments for the year. Tanahashi is our New Japan Cup winner, and Wataru Inoue is the Best of Super Juniors winner. Elsewhere, we have... um, the Triple Crown title still on Suwama, TNA's World Heavyweight title still on Samoa Joe, and the Zero One Max World Heavyweight title on Masato Tanaka, who we will talk about here in a moment. But we'll start with the new tour on the 23rd of July, New Japan Soul Extra in Aomori. We had uh, No Limit, Naito and Yujiro picking up a win over Okada and Yoshihashi. Bernard and Rick Fuller go back to winning ways, defeating Nakanishi and Hirasawa. Tenzan Taguchi, Tiger Mask, beat Gato Jada and Honma. Riki Choshu, Inoue and Nagata beat Anderson, Izuka and Makabe. And the rise, a very strong rise combination of Hiroki Goto and Shinsuke Nakamura defeat Ishii and Toriyano. Next we had, uh, on the 24th, Minoru defeating Okada, Prince Devitt defeating Naito, Bernard and Fuller once again, successful, defeating Hirasawa and Tiger Mask. There was a great bash heel team that won over Tenzan, Taguchi and Yujiro. Actually, that's a surprising one because it's Gato Jada and Carl Anderson. Not really the strongest outfit, the GBH can um, field Uh, and sorry just checking my messages that was the no the we had two more matches there was a Nakanishi Inoue Nagata team defeating Rise a Rise team and then a Legend team defeating a GBH team Um, not particularly interesting there But to switch promotions here, on the 27th of July 2008, Dragon Gate held uh, 
their big event in Kobe World Hall, 9,000 people in attendance. And there was, I posted about this on Reddit recently. Uh, the Open the Dreamgate title, which is the top title in Dragon Gate. Um, there was a match between Shingo Takagi and BXB Hulk that went an hour-long draw. And that was supposed to be a number one contender's bout for that title, which was held by Seema. Now, the pair were supposed to have another match to determine who the number one contender truly would be. But in the meantime, Seema suffered a neck injury so they kept the match booked as it was, but instead of a number one contender's bout, it became for the vacant title, Open the Dreamgate title. So I do have the link here. If you didn't see it on Reddit, I'll pop it in the description. And um, I, I'm not going to... I mean, it's, it's really not anything to do with New Japan, so I'm, I'm not going to talk through it. But uh, this is a... A rivalry that goes on for some time between these two and so if you're a huge Shingo Takagi fan this is something worth checking out spoiler alert it is Shingo that comes away as the winner and that's his first singles championship so um big day for Shingo Takagi if you want to watch it link in the description he would go on to defend the title a few times before losing it to Naruki Doi uh, at the end of 2008. I think Doi is kind of... Um, I mean, there was some people that added to that Reddit thread and, and knew a bit more about uh, Dragon Gate. I think Doi is someone that's kind of a part of a previous generation. He's a bit more of a veteran. Um, of course, he was uh, a part of the... World Cup that we were talking about from TNA in the last podcast. Um, if you're trying to think of where you've heard that name recently. But um, Shingo and Hulk were kind of of the same generation. So uh, that's that's sort of perhaps the basis of their rivalry. Although they used to be a team in a team together. And then Shingo turned on Hulk saying that he was weak. But then after those couple of matches, Shingo changed his mind and decided, no, he's, he's not weak. And um, they kind of made up a bit. But yeah, we'd have more matches in the future. Anyway, uh, also a different promotion, uh, but one a bit closer to New Japan because they're involved promotionally together at the moment. Pro Wrestling Zero One's 2008 Fire Festival began on the 27th of July. It's a round-robin tournament uh, that would go into August. And it's 10 participants in two blocks. Uh, there's some guys from Big Japan Pro Wrestling involved. That's Daisuke Sekimoto. Uh, well, actually, it might just be Sekimoto. And then for New Japan, uh, Nakanishi is in there. Um, Makabe is a part of this 
um, tournament as well. And just speaking of Dragon Gate just before, uh, Mochizuki also um, joining this zero uh, one tournament. Um, I'm not going to go through all the details of this either, but as a result of the tie for the um, top of block B, they had a three-way match between Nakanishi, Takao Mori, and Masato Tanaka, and that would be held on the final day to, de to decide the finalist. And that match was won by T Tanaka. He pinned Omori, and that sent him to the final against Makabe. We'll get back to that. It happens... Um, well, just in between here. On the 29th, Tomko qu quits TNA. Worth mentioning just in sequence, I suppose. He continues working for IGF, but um, he tried to return to WWE and that failed. And then he ends up returning to TNA in late 2009. But um, for any of the big Tomko fans out there, I'm just probably not going to mention him for a while at all. So um, with that out of the way, yeah, it was on the 3rd of August. And uh, by the way, moving into August, the 3rd of August, the Zero One Fire Festival final. It was in Korokuen Hall. Masato Tanaka defeating Togi Makabe in just under 20 minutes. Um, this is the third straight year that he won the tournament. Um, it was uh, in front of a full house. He won with the... It says here, running elbow. I think this is um, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter report. Uh, Tanaka's finish is the sliding D, so I imagine it would... That would have been the finish. And he challenged the winner of the G1 Climax tournament to face him to see the real tournament champion of the summer. So we got the G1 coming up very shortly. Tanaka wants to get a piece of whoever wins that. Also on the third, there was an All Japan uh, card and that um, New Japan is somewhat related to here. So we had... Akira Raijin, Keiji Muto, and Seiya Sanada defeating of Voodoo Murders Satoshi Kojima, Taru, and Yashi. So the big angle on this show was so um, Satoshi Kojima turning back babyface. So after Muto and Raijin and Sanada had beaten uh, his team, Kojima turned on Taru after the match, gave him five lariats, a Koji cutter, and then he said he was quitting the voodoo murderers. Um, so there you go. That makes more sense since he did his big babyface return in New Japan to save Tenzan. And uh, he's turned on his heel team here. Um, just uh, shortly after returning to action for All Japan. Also on this card was the junior heavyweight uh, league final, the the tournament. Kai defeated Silver King, which is a big upset. Kai's a rookie. He's only been wrestling for about 18 months. He only joined All Japan at the start of the year. And Silver King was in from Mexico. He's a very much a veteran. Um, so, yeah, big upset. Uh, but I guess a, a big push for Kai. There you go. And the main event on this show was for the All Japan World Tag Team title. 
that was recently won by Minoru Suzuki and Tai Ukea. They successfully defended that title against Osamu Nishimura and Suwama. When Kea used a guillotine on Nishimura, and then after the match, Kea asked Hase, who's the figurehead PWF president, for a shot at Suwama's title. PWF title, um, by the way, just um, that's one of the three belts, I believe. And Hase agreed to the title shot. So um, they'd pushed that Suwama was going for five belts oh here we go it does explain it here the triple crown is the three titles dating back to the 80s so yes i was right the pwf is one of them then there's the international title and the united national title and then um of course the tag titles are a combo of the pwf world tag team titles and the nwa international tag team titles so when you're um, tag champion in all Japan, you hold two. Each guy would hold two belts each, 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 each. So um, that's what they mean. He was going for five belts. He would have had five belts on him, being the triple crown champion and being a tag champion. So that's yeah, five belts total. But he's he failed. So now Kaya instead, um, since he's got two belts already, and if he defeats Suwama for the Triple Crown Championship, he'll be the five-belt guy. That's the idea there. Okay. Back to New Japan. And the beginning on the 9th of August 2008 of the G1 Climax 2008, Heroes of Supremacy is what their tagline is. And they begin in Nagoya. Um, This is the first event for New Japan in a while. Um, they haven't run an event in since uh, the 24th so that's like more than two weeks before this they had a bit of a break um, and I mean probably a good time to do it in the build up to the G1 uh, apparently on this first night here they drew um Just a bit over 8,000 people, so pretty good, pretty big um, draw for the opening. Uh, it was said to be good business, according to the Wrestling Observer newsletter. And the finals at Sumo Hall, which is upwards of 10,000, are apparently already sold out. So, um, yeah, it's uh, business is starting to pick up a bit again here, which is is good to see. Of course, the G one is a pretty good indication of how business is going. That's it's certainly the biggest tournament. Um, of course, the Tokyo Dome show is the biggest event. Those haven't been, you know, super impressive in terms of the business they've done recently, but there's good business here that is hopefully showing that New Japan's on the uptick. Um, apparently, part of the promotion for this G1 was that they were pushing the idea that no foreigner has ever won the G1. Um, the only guy, the only foreigner entering this one is Giant Bernard. So, um, and I mean, they're not too afraid to give Bernard a push. I mean, he's usually thereabouts, but... Um, 
it's also uh, not just foreigners, but I guess people foreign to the company as well. No one outside of New Japan is one because they've got Kojima entering from All Japan and Kawada is now with Hustle and Otani's from Zero One Max and Yoshi from Tradition. They're all, I mean, they're all kind of New Japan, except for Kawada, he's definitely a All Japan guy, but the others all kind of came from New Japan. But still, they're not currently with New Japan, so it is um, a bunch of guys from around the place, and it's never been someone from outside the company that's won the tournament. So um, maybe not the novelty they're trying to pick, make it seem, especially since Kawada's like... You know, 10 years ago, that would have been a big deal, but now not so much. Anyway, um, the other thing is that uh, Kojima apparently pushed the idea that he would win and challenge Keiji Muto at the end of the month um, at an All Japan show for the IWGP title. But, um, okay. Let's get into it. Uh, before the blocks began, we had Naito and Yujiro defeating Okada and Yoshihashi. But um, no surprises there. Let's uh, let's look at the blocks first. Surely I wrote those down somewhere. No, perhaps I didn't. I'll just bring it up. Bear with me, folks. G1 Climax 2008. Here we actually I'll use a cage match um, alright here are the participants in no particular order it doesn't have the um, blocks here well we'll work out the blocks as we go so there's Giant Bernard, Hiroshi Tanahashi Hiroyoshi Tenzan Minabu Nakanishi, Satoshi Kojima Shinjiro Otani, Shinsuke Nakamura Togi Makabe, Toru Yano Toshiaki Kawada Wataru Inoue, he's come up from junior heavyweight. Um, I mean, he earned this spot in the by winning the best of super juniors anyway, I believe. But um, Yuji Nagata and Yutaka Yoshi rounds out the one, two, uh, three. Hold on, did I say Hiroki Goto? Hiroki Goto's there too. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Fourteen, so blocks are seven. Um, now I've got to go back up and find where I was. Here we go. So, uh, on the 9th of August, Block A, Hiroshi Tanahashi defeated Wataru Inoue. Um, oh, and actually, I didn't mention that. This is Hiroshi Tanahashi's return. So he's been out injured and um, for a couple of months now. I believe it was a knee injury. I... We'll probably figure that out as I go through the notes here. I'm pretty sure it was a knee injury. I'm sure I've talked about it already if you're following along with this. But um, anyway, Tanahashi picking up the points early. Uh, he won with the Texas Cloverleaf, so via submission. In block B, uh, Yutaka Yoshi defeated Toru Yano with a Dragon Sleeper. So that was also by submission. In block A, Shinjiro Otani defeated Nakanishi, which is a bit of an upset, um, considering Nakanishi had a pretty strong singles push 
lately. I mean, leading to that title shot he just had. But then again, that's over now. So they, um, I mean, that's also pretty common in fairness that they call the guys off after they've built him right up. Um, apparently, Otani did a lot of chops to the shoulder, which is a trademark of uh, Shinya Hashimoto. I don't know exactly what the relevance there was, um, other than, I suppose, the fact that he's representing zero one one in the tournament. Perhaps that's why. Um, back in block A, Giant Bernard picked up the points against Satoshi Kojima. That was by pinfall. Block B, Tenzan defeated Kawada. And finally, block B, Nakamura defeated Yuji Nagata, which of course is a rematch from uh, last year's, one of last year's semifinals, when Nakamura uh, got a shoulder injury that needed surgery. Um, So part of this match was Nagata kicking the crap out of Nakamura's shoulder. but uh, Nakamura won this one with an armbar, so also by submission. We'll change gears just briefly. TNA held their Hard Justice pay-per-view on the 10th. Um, let me just... I think I've just put this in here because of how ridiculous it is. <laughs> so there was a black tie brawl and chain match wherein Jay Lethal defeated Sanjay Dutt. Um, the Canadian online explorer writer, John Pollock, noted that the fans in attendance started chanting Fire Russo during this match. And there was, I guess it was a a bunch of a weapons, because that was just the whole pay-per-view, it seems. Uh, the next match was a New Jersey street fight. Christian Cage and Rhino defeated Team 3D, Brother Devon, Brother Ray. And then there's a last man standing match where AJ Styles defeats Kurt Angle. Um, Angle did a flip dive off the entrance ramp onto Styles, but then the finish was that both men were standing on the top rope. Styles brought Angle back in with a DDT from the top rope to the floor. Then Angle couldn't answer the bell from that. Of course, he's just come back from injuring his neck. So that sounds like a really scary bump for him to take. He was put on a stretcher. Styles, after Angle, sorry, after Styles has then won the match because it's last man standing match, so they reached the 10 count. And then um, Styles knocked Angle off the stretcher he was put in, gave him a suplex on the ramp. The lights went out. Sting comes out, gives Styles a scorpion death drop, the um, reverse DDT. And then. Um, Nash started yelling at Sting for attacking Styles. I don't know what that's about, but this is this is stuff from the Wrestling Observer newsletter. It got four and a quarter stars, so it was still a pretty good match, um, despite what was happening around it and whatever the heck that stuff was after it. And then the main event was a six sides of steel weapons match for the TNA Heavyweight Championship. Uh, Samoa Joe. Defeating Booker T here, of course, Booker T, um, the last time we talked about this, he stole the championship after Booker, sorry, after Samoa just beat the crap out of him easily, it seems. Um, And they did another lights out gimmick here. Booker is about to hit the axe kick, the lights go out, 
When they come back on, Joe has a guitar in his hand and he clocks Booker with that for the pin. And then after the match, uh, they they were signifying it's the return of Jeff Jarrett without him actually coming back. They were kind of just doing this tease um, that sounded like crap, to be honest. But I mean, just every match on this show is weapons. So, you know, how... I don't know how anyone would have really differentiated these matches between a black tie brawl and chain match, a New Jersey Street Fighter, a last man standing match, a six sides of steel weapons match. I mean, at least that's got a cage around it as well, but they're all just using weapons. It's like half the card. Anyway, sorry, I shouldn't have spent that long on that rubbish. Back to the G1. Um, They uh, drew... Close to 4,000 in Yokohama. Um, in Block A, Otani picked up a second win of his, uh, defeating Inoue, who is yet to pick up a win. Block B, Yano defeats Tenzan. Block A, Kojima defeats Nakanishi. Um, block B, Nakamura defeats Yoshi. He's on four points as well. Uh, block B, Kawada beats Goto, who's on zero points at this stage. Block A, Makabe beats Tanahashi. That's an interesting one. So that was the main event. That went 20 minutes. The next night, the third night of the G1 in Korokuen Hall. Uh, they sold out Korokuen Hall here. In Block A, Makabe beat it Inoue with the Indian Deathlock. Inoue still on zero points. Goto defeated Tenzan uh, via Dr. Stoppage because um, Tenzan's hurt his neck and uh, a doctor came in and just kind of said that Tenzan's had enough. Can't keep going. You can't keep doing this. Block A. Bernard picks up his first points against Otani with the Bernard bomb. I swear. I swear. I thought he won his first. Yeah, he won this first match as well. So these points are wrong. He should be on four points. That's cage match's fault. But I caught it. Oh, here we go. So I found this. Um, I found this match on Billy Billy. But I've. I'll I'll put this in the description, of course, as always. Uh, It was Yuji Nagata versus Yutaka Yoshi. If you're interested in that, from Block B. Yoshi beckons on leg kicks, suggesting they don't affect his large physique. They trade anchor locks. Yoshi looks like he isn't serious in that tight, glittery pink number, but he is dangerous, and he shows toughness as well. Nagata strings a few moves together on him, including a back suplex. But he still kicks out. And, I mean, Nagata wasn't able to stack it the way he usually does the first time. But then when he tries it again, he does stack it up correctly. Um, You know, possibly due to the uh, low center of gravity and quite a lot of gravity, let's say, that Yoshi possesses. Might have made it hard to stack him up properly. But he did do it the second time and Nagata earns himself the pinfall win that way. Check that one out if you'd like. Um, Toriyano defeated Nakamura. That's a bit of an upset there. Um, Nakamura had him in an armbar, but then Yano, while he was in the hole, he kind of rolled up to cover Nakamura's shoulders, and they were counted down, so we got a bit of a surprise win there. The main event on this show is one... Another match that I found. Uh, It's on artsporn.com. If you're okay popping that in your browser. 
it was Nakanishi against Hiroshi Hiroshi Tanahashi and Tanahashi in this one counters the torture rack into a pin and then he hits a sling blade followed by a dragon suplex for two Nakanishi counters another sling blade into a German suplex and then he hits another German suplex with the bridge to win via pinfall it's a big win for Nakanishi that's it for that one the fourth round over 5,000 fans in Osaka Prefectural Gymnasium saw Nakanishi defeat Bernard with a German suplex Uh, block B Nagata defeated Yano with the back suplex block B Yoshi defeated Goto with the splash off the top Block A, Otani defeated Makabe with the spiral, bro- um, spiral Bomb in a match that apparently both of them bled in. I'm sure that was probably more to do with Makabe. Block A, Kojima picked up the points against Tanahashi. Tanahashi's having a rough tournament so far. And finally, Block B, Nakamura defeated Kawada uh, with a Tiger Driver, which is revenge for his match... Um, at Wrestle Kingdom in 2007, right? The first Wrestle Kingdom. I think he faced Kawada. Uh, the four, the fifth round, still in Osaka. Um, drew over 5,000 fans again, so they're doing well in Osaka. Block A, Kojima defeated Inoue. Inoue's still on zero points here. Kawada defeated Yano. Nakanishi defeated Makabe. Nagata defeated Tenzan with the Nagata Lock 4. Bernard defeated Tanahashi. Once once again, rough rough go of it for Tanahashi at the moment. And then there was this special match. Kurt Angle and Masahiro Chono defeated AJ Styles and Shinjiro Otani. Angle made Styles submit to the Ankle Lock. Uh, I suppose there might have been a negative feeling about the fact that the show that Angle and Styles were on here drew the same as the show the night before without them on it. So, I mean, sometimes it's a bit easier to draw on the first night and, you know, people see it the first night, they don't need to come back the second night. So maybe that played a part in it, but, um, you know, they were announced ahead of time. So if people only wanted to go to one show, you would think maybe they would go to this one. Just seems like Angle and AJ maybe aren't the the draws in Japan that they might have hoped they were. But um, after this bout, Angle said that he wanted to team with Chono and win the IWGP tag team titles with him. That'd be interesting. And then um, Goto defeated Nakamura, which is a big win for Goto. Of course, they're usually tag partners. They're both a, a part of the um, Rise faction. Goto kind of beaten his leader there, so... That's an interesting one. Just to jump away quickly from the G1, uh, on the 15th of August, IGF held a show in Sumo Hall in front of just over 7,000 fans. Um, I mean, we don't really need to follow IGF anymore, but this was a big and interesting event for them, so I thought I'd just quickly run through it. Eric Hammer defeated Alexander Otska by KO. Um, I don't know who those people are or those people. Tomko, he's still on these shows. He defeated 
Danny Iguazu. Uh, Bobby Lashley defeated The Predator. Naoya Ogawa defeated Montana Silva. Rob Van Dam in a three-way match defeated Kendo Kashin and Necro Butcher. Um, it was Kendo. It was an elimination match, so Kashin eliminated Butcher, and then Rob Van Dam be, uh, beat Kashin. And the main event was Josh Barnett defeating Tank Abbott. Strange, strange wrestling card. Okay, let's get back to it. It's the 16th of August, and they are in Ryogoku, Kokujikan, the Sumo Hall, uh, 8,500 in attendance for the um, kind of the, the, the second last day of the G1 Climax. So, Block A, Inoue picked up his first points of the tournament, defeating Nakanishi uh, with the Triangle Lancer. And whilst this doesn't really make much of a difference for Inoue, it, this result does knock Nakanishi out of the running for the finals. In Block B, Goto defeated Toriyano with a shoulder breaker. Kind of coming up out of nowhere, Goto on six points now because um, he had a... Ro- a pretty uh, lame start to the tournament. Still in block B, Yutaka Yoshi defeated Tenzan, who is still just on two points, so not looking good going into the finals. Tenzan, well, he's not going to be in part of the finals. Um, he won with a splash there, Yoshi. Block A, Makabe defeated Bernard, so they are both on six points now. That was uh, due to outside interference from Honma. Uh, and then Makabe hit his King Kong knee drop. We had an IWGB Junior Heavyweight Tag Team title match. Uh, Minoru and Prince Devitt defending their titles against the previous champions, Akira and Jushin Thunder Liger. Now, I did find this one on Billy Billy as well, so link will be in the description. Minoru has to kick out of a shote, a top rope splash, and then a brain buster as the challenges combined brilliantly. He nearly sneaks a pin on Liger then, begins his comeback while Devitt is occupied by Akira on the outside. They're all involved in the final sequences, and it's a rapid pace, as we've come to expect from these guys, uh, the champions in particular. Devitt hits a gut buster on Akira to put an end to the action. Uh, That movie calls the Shingata Prince's Throne, and um, Minoru made the pinfall count along with the referee, just kind of rubbing it in. So the champions retain. There's a presentation ceremony that the challengers wait around for, and they shake the extended hands of the magnanimous champions as well. So, yeah, the titles stay on the Rise Boys, the Prince Prince. Um, We have next in Block A our first time limit draw of the tournament. Kojima and Otani both ending on seven points as a result of their draw. Um, I shouldn't say end, the the block matches aren't necessarily over, but that's that's what they're up to. There's one more night left. Kawada defeated Yuji Nagata, so they're both on six points now. That was with a running kick to the face, and that was the main event on this show. Actually, sorry, no. That was the last G1 match, but the main event was Kurt Angle and Shinsuke Nakamura defeating AJ Styles and Hiroshi Tanahashi. So, 
dare I say, a little bit more star power in this one. Angle pin Tanahashi with an Olympic slam. And, um, yeah, uh, this was uh, apparently a pretty good match. I couldn't find it, unfortunately, but said to be pretty good. Um, they They don't think, once again, that the Americans really made a difference in terms of how many people they drew, but um, it also wasn't helped by the fact that that IGF show was just held here the night before, the one I just covered. So, um, yeah, you know, I mean, they're getting their New Japan, but they're, they're still not, certainly not where they once were in terms of popularity. Anyway, the next night on the 17th, it is the... Finals of the G1 Climax 2008, once again, of course, in Sumo Hall. And this is all on New Japan World. You can watch all of these matches on New Japan World. You don't even need to uh, click the different links. I'll just link the entire show for you in the description. Uh, and you can watch it in one big block. How's that for uh, something different? As far as New Japan World goes. Um, so, let's get cracking. The opening match, this is actually, it was a dark match, but it's still on New Japan World. It was between Milano Collection AT and Prince Devitt facing Kazuchika Okada and Taichi Ishikari. Uh, I think this is my earliest opportunity to see Okada in the ring. Um, and of course he's dressed here like any other young lion. Taichi has his own gear, though. He's a step up from that. Um, he's got his own invisible dog as well to mock Milano. And the subject of this insult is not particularly impressed. Um, but Devitt looks set to start the match after pushing aside Okada, though. Taichi wants in. Uh, and he doesn't want to face Devitt, he wants to face Milano instead, but he doesn't get his way. Um, I, I also made mention that Okada is in a distant last place here in terms of the pretty boy hair competition. But um, anyway, Milano does tag in, and Taichi comes at him aggressively, so aggressively, in fact, that the referee starts kicking at him to try and release Taichi from his control. Milano protests this method, but the referee holds his ground, providing Taichi a chance to attack from behind. From behind. That doesn't last either, though. Devitt tries to get in on the attack. Okada drops him by snatching at his ankle from ringside. Taichi takes a chance to pretzel Devitt around the bottom rope, tags in Okada, who goes for an early slam and cover. He eats a graceful... Devitt drop kick, then succumbs to an airplane spin. Milano enters with a crossbody from the top, and Taichi stops his attack on Okada before Devitt takes out Taichi and Milano. Uh, sorry, takes out Taichi. Milano lands a German suplex that got him a two count, and then there's a kick to the face that follows, and that's what ends Okada's night. Milano pinning. Okada, Taichi gets in Milano's face, but the ringside attendants quickly separate them to de-escalate the situation. Uh, going back to my rating scale, terrible, bad, disappointing, fine, good, very good, great, special. Mouthful, that is. Just good, this one. I mean, um, 
you know, obviously it's only an opener, so everything's rated on in relative terms. But uh, interesting to see Okada, he's fun to watch. Taichi gave the match some menace. Devin and Milano stayed cool and got the job done. From here, we have the final Group B matches, which will play a part in deciding who ends up in the tournament final. So just to give you an update, we've got in Block B, Tenzan at the bottom on two points, Toru Yano on four points, Yuji Nagata on six points, uh, along with Yutaka Yoshi, Toshiaki Kawada, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Hiroki Goto. So one, that's five of them. Five still potentially in the running. I mean, if you did all the maths, probably not all of them can still necessarily make it to the final. Um, but yeah, the as usual, there's a bunch of people still um, in the mix going in on the uh, into these final matches. So the first of which, Block B, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Hiroshi, sorry, Hiroyoshi Tenzan. And um, of course for Nakamura here, the G1 is a representative of his first chance at earning his way back to the title uh, after just recently losing to Muto. While Tenzan is more, he's got much more personal matters on his mind uh, to do with the GBH, but um, the former IWGB champion, well they both are, but um, Nakamura in particular back in trunks and still doing his Naruto look and prayer before entering the ring and Tenzan, he's back to his bleach look, bleach tips um, and I guess he, he kind of treats Nakamura similar to how he would, how he's been fighting all year against GBH. Um, running in before the bell, starting to brawl with him. Um, but the crowd are, you know, tends on such a strong babyface at this point. The crowd aren't going to turn on him just for that much. Uh, but he soon finds out that Nakamura can give as good as he gets. There's an impressive German suplex that has Tenzan rolling out of the ring to take a breather, but Nakamura uh, comes after him. If you insist, says Tenzan, and uh, so he starts biting Nakamura. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, none of this stuff matters. Again, um, the despite the unsporting tactics of Tenzan, they all... Everyone in attendance seems to still be cheering Tenzan on. Uh, and this swells a comeback for the older fella. Nakamura is sent face first into the mat with a bulldog off the top turnbuckle. There's a back suplex that follows. Um, though Tenzan winces as his, his uh, heavily taped shoulders make impact. He works through the plane to lock in an anaconda vice, but Nakamura manages to squirm out and latch onto an arm. The veteran smartly stacks Nakamura in the armbar position, forcing a, a kick out and a release of the hold. Nakamura shows impressive strength lifting Tenzan for an inverted exploder, but he takes too much, or he takes on too much too soon, failing at holding up the landslide attempt. 
Then Nakamura tries again for the landslide. Tenzan quickly both predicts and counters the move before unleashing a wheel kick for a two count. Then he comes at Nakamura headfirst off the top rope. They both pay dearly and the cover is delayed as a result. Tenzan goes up top again, but Nakamura meets him there with a burst of energy, hurls him overhead to the mat below. Tenzan fires up, goes for the TTD, but a wily Nakamura avoids it. A brainbuster connects instead, but Tenzan kicks out. The crowd's reaction making it clear they're still behind Tenzan. Nakamura struggles to lift Tenzan for the landslide, but does finally manage to land it uh, perfectly, ending the match, taking the points, and putting pressure on Goto to do the same. But um, that puts Nakamura here at eight points. Um, Goto, though, earlier, as we've mentioned, defeated Nakamura, though, so if Nakamura wins his, sorry, if Goto wins his match, he'll tie on eight points with Nakamura, but be ahead on the head-to-head rule, wherein, because in this example, Goto is tied for points with Nakamura, it comes down to who won the match between them, in this case it's Goto, so Nakamura's done all he can do at this point in uh, getting to the eight points in a good match, is how I rated it, Um, which was certainly helped by the crowd because they were really behind it, but um, it kind of showed, I think, uh, despite Tenzan being popular, he didn't really have any skin in the game, he he was never going to, he's on the bottom of the table at two points, so it just takes some of the... um, I don't know. I, no one that knows how these things work would have ever expected Nakamura to lose here. It just wouldn't have made any sense. So it's just a good match with a result that is kind of obvious. But um, yeah, not a bad one. Okay, uh, still in block B. This is uh, Toshiaki Kawada versus Yutaka Yoshi. And just as a reminder, both of these guys are on six points going into this match. Um, Yoshi waddles out in his sparkling pink number to the unfortunate silence that comes with most of the entrances on World, including Kawada's. Um, Kawada's looking pretty rough, by the way. Um, 26 years in the ring will do that to you, particularly with the killers he spent most of those years with, but uh, speaking of killers, Yoshi isn't as friendly as he might look. He takes a chop at Kawada instead of breaking clean. He then breaks... (coughs) Excuse me. He breaks Kawada's wrist or waist lock with a strong hip thrust into the corner. Kawada forces Yoshi to the ropes again and chops him back. They go to war with chops back and forth. Yoshi's just got the better poker face, but perhaps that costs him in the end when Kawada gives up and kicks him in the head instead. Yoshi rolls outside, but Kawada chases him down, swings him into the barricades, once so hard that the crossbar breaks. They return to the ring. It's a battle of the bows, the elbows. Kawada sends Yoshi out of the ring again. Their fight at ringside ends when Kawada kicks Yoshi in the left leg and his knee buckles. Yoshi does have a brace on that knee already, so that kind of gave away that weakness. And instead of trying to hide it, he slaps at his knee and calls on Kawada for more. 
but his bluff is immediately called. That was a bad idea. Kawada works the knee with further kicks and a modified figure four hold that ends up giving um, Kawada some kind of leg problem. Probably when he tried to hold up Yoshi's weight uh, at some point. No offense, Yoshi. They begin a leg kick skirmish and Kawada once again wins that one uh, quicker than the last time. He ends it with a Gamangiri, the leaping head kick that he's done for so long that earns him a two count. And then Kawada locks in a figure four. Yoshi manages to turn it over. Everything in this match is kind of a back and forth struggle between them trying to be better at the same technique. Uh, Yoshi's persistent, if nothing else. Uh, and he stands up to more leg kicks before knocking Kawada into the corner and having a few goes at it himself. But the injured leg is heavily impeding Yoshi's movement. Um, he still somehow manages to barrel at Kawada and squash him in the corner. Um... And that kind of fires up Kawada after a bit. He um, is he's struggling too a little bit. Um, they leave the ring. Kawada kind of plays a bit of possum, counters an Irish whip, and sends Yoshi into that same broken barricade again. Uh, but then Yoshi bounces back the same way, or comes back the other way, not just flinging... Kawada into the barricade, but hip-checking him through it. And then the ringside official has to help him squeeze back out between the bars. Back in the ring, they have their second wing wind. They're trading suplexes. Kawada's got his modified, modified dragon sleeper on. Um, Yoshi manages to fight out. The cloud are politely clapping at this point, kind of probably beginning to look at each other and wonder why this match is still happening. It's, it's, it's just going on and on. Kawada fights out of a dragon sleeper um, and then kicks Yoshi uh, or kicks out of uh, Yoshi Splash from the top rope. Uh, his nickname, by the way, the Flying Pink Tank is certainly apt. Um, that's impressive from Kawada to kick out of that move. Yoshi pinned a bunch of guys along the way um, with that. Um, or I guess he pinned three guys perhaps with it. I think he won all his matches with the Splash. Uh, Kawada keeps kicking him in the head. He won't go down. Um, there's another figure four. Basically, this match just continues and continues. The referee, or sorry, the announcer starts making the time limit calls in more and more urgent fashion, but it just it doesn't go anywhere. They both end the match with their on their feet, heavily breathing, as they've gone to a time limit draw, to which the crowd doesn't react at all. Um, I thought this was a pretty disappointing finish myself. Um, at first, it was a touch of levity that they were bringing to the show because, um, I mean, just because of how they were going about their business, it was um, just kind of amusing how they were trying to play possum with each other, I suppose. And... It's an underrated ability to be able to do that and still deliver a competitive seeming match. But I just, like, the time limit draw for this makes no sense. Um, at least from the match in a vacuum, from that perspective. Uh, you know, I don't know what future or history these two necessarily have uh, in their respective promotions, but um, yeah, I was kind of disappointed with this one. 
Um, now, that means that they both end a point behind Nakamura and Goto. So, um, I mean, that's I guess that's partly why, is that they needed to finish behind those two. But, yeah, anyway. We'll keep going. The uh, final Block B match here is between Nagata and Hiroki Goto. So, once again, the reminder... Goto wins this one. He tops the group. Um, Nagata wins this one. He does go to eight points, but I don't remember whether he beat Nakamura or not. I am pretty sure he didn't. Pretty sure Nakamura beat him um, as revenge for last year's G1 when Nagata defeated Nakamura and also injured him in that match. So I'm pretty sure... uh, the winner of this match, in a funny way, is either Goto or Nakamura. Nagata's kind of... Yeah, um, fighting for Nakamura in a funny way. And that is a strange position Nakamura's put in, because he is at ringside for this match. Uh, the standings are, or like the stakes of the match, are explained before the men enter the arena, Um Goto's got a bit of a biker look, or a biker coat at least, coming out, and which um, is the plain black trunks, and classic gear for Blue Justice, who gets his eyes checked before he enters the ring. Might be to do with his head injury not that long ago. Um, the fans seem to back Nagata a bit more, at least at the beginning. Um, but... Um, Goto's happy to get into a, a test of fighting spirit with Nagata. He comes out on top the first time round. He very aggressively goes for a brain buster on the apron, but it tr- proves too much too soon, and Nagata makes him, pain, makes him pay with a spinning neckbreaker to the floor. Nagata continues the punishment into the ring with thumping kicks that sound like meat under a hammer. Goto fires up and responds with strikes of his own, but Nagata is in his element and sends him spinning to the canvas. Nagata tries a move off the top, but Goto recovers in time to counter. He follows that up with his signature Yushikoroshi before looking to set up the Shouten Kai, which is the um, it's like a vertical suplex setup with a sit-out side slam finish. Nagata stays heavy on the lift, though, before unleashing a brain buster of his own for a two-count. They fight their way back to their feet. Nagata bursts out an exploder suplex, but Goto rises with a back suplex of his own. Goto fakes Nagata out with the Irish whip, hits a lariat from behind before going close to a pinfall with a bridging German suplex. Goto does not fret, closely following that with the Shouten Kai, which connects perfectly and sends Goto into the final of the 2008 G1 Climax, and he's so happy about it that he hugs the referee, Red Shoes Uno. And that was a very good match. A lot of fun. Uh, they certainly didn't overstay their welcome. They got straight to the point with it. Um, and they got there with purpose. Um, kind of the opposite of the previous match, <laughs> actually. Um, it was in that sense, at least. But um, it was hard-hitting. Uh, the crowd was really behind it. Even if they were to perhaps have preferred Nagata to win, they, they were still pretty excited by it. Um, and once again, if they're following it, it's, well, actually, I don't know. It's not necessarily that um, 
yeah, they they probably didn't know exactly who's going to win. I mean, it's certainly, I'm sure a lot of people before this tournament picked Nakamura to win the tournament, and if Nagata won, then that's where it was going. So, um, you know, Goto's push has kind of been a bit stop-start. So, yeah, it was it was it was it wasn't a foregone conclusion at all. The match, and um, that certainly adds to it as well. But um, yeah, there you go. So Goto tops block B and goes to the final later in this show. In block A, we started with, before these final matches, Inoue on two points, Tanahashi on two points, of course coming into this tournament with a knee injury, Giant Bernard, Nakanishi and Makabe all on six points, and Otani, a surprise at the top, seven points, along with Kojima also on seven points. The first match uh, well, the last match for these two, but um, the first of these Block A matches on the card. Giant Bernard versus Wataro Inoue, who's just joined the heavyweight division, but earned his spot in the G1 with his uh, Best of Super Juniors victory earlier in the year. Um, although it's not been a successful run, of course, he's at the bottom of the table. He's been beaten by everyone in the G1 except for... Nakanishi in his last match, which, as mentioned at the time, brought an end to Nakanishi's chances of winning. Bernard's still capable of topping the group with a win here over Inoue. He'd probably be relying on, well, he would be relying on some other results, but he uh, can get out ahead of the pack first here. Again, the entrances are silent, which is kind of annoying, but they both get their polite applause as they're introduced officially. Inoue's trying to get the crowd behind him a little bit, but they just laugh at him when Bernard doesn't react to a slap that he throws. Bernard seems to be able to get a reaction out of the audience, though. He does so by powerbombing Inoue on the apron of the ring and just continues to bully Inoue in the ring and then gives him a bicycle kick off the turnbuckle back out of the ring. I'm just, I'm just reading that back. Bernard... Did a bicycle kick off the off the turnbuckle back out of the ring? No, it was in a way that makes way more sense. Okay, because what I say next is <laughs> in a way is too slow to stand, so Bernard retrieves him and carries on the punishment. So yeah, that was just a a brief um, respite for in a way. Uh, he tries to fight back, but it does little to stall Bernard at first. It takes a mammoth German suplex to give Bernard something to really think about, and then Inoue stays on top of him, following up with a spear, then diving outside when Bernard tries to take a breather. But unfortunately, he gets hurt in the process, and Bernard is on his feet just as fast as Inoue is. But quickness is what keeps the advantage with Inoue, slipping back into the ring and being the first to attack. He climbs up the turnbuckle, lands a diving drop kick but Bernard's kick-out has him flying just as far. Now he's made the giant mad. Bernard barges him over with... Um, oh, barges him over, then crushes Inoue's throat with a seesaw wheelbarrow throw while he was between the ropes. Inoue retreats outside, and Bernard once again decides to go retrieve him. This time, Inoue suckers Bernard into the ring post, then kicks him into the barricade before scurrying back into the ring just before the 20 count. 
So his agility and guile have outdone the confident bruiser. Bernard has been counted out and in a way takes the points, having beaten the two biggest guys in his group. As the, probably the smallest guy, Otani would be the other one, but yeah, that's kind of the, the story played out for Inoue's first G1. Um, he gets up on the turnbuckle to celebrate and Bernard bashes his head off that same turnbuckle, but uh, you can't wipe the smile off the unexpected winner's face in what was a good match. Um, it's, uh, it, you know, it allows Bernard to play the monster and he does that really well. In a way, was almost adorable in that no one really saw anything in him and didn't expect him to win. So it, it kind of brought out this true underdog feeling that the the match took on. And while he kept trying to fight Bernard off, it just never really looked like it was going to work. Um, so just as Bernard got too confident and became a bit complacent, he was tricked and foiled. And it really felt like it came out of nowhere. Um... The finishing kick itself was a little delayed and took away from the urgency, but I thought the story was still great, even if the finish was a little imperfect. And the crowd appreciated the upset, so... It was a fun one. Okay. Of course, uh, that means that neither of them will affect the finals. Um, However... Shinjiro Otani versus Hiroshi Tanahashi is next. Um, Tanahashi, of course, is at a tough tournament and um, will not play a part in the final, but Otani with the win here can. Now, despite Tanahashi's poor form, he does appear as confident as ever coming out for this match. Otani looks happy to be there, but not in a bad way. Um, And the people appreciate him being there too. Having said that, the reaction for Tanahashi I felt was slightly louder. Whose tights are really cool. They're kind of black with the gold patterns and symbols. Otani's got a bit more of a retro look with his solid red and black spikes on his trunks there. Uh, Tanahashi underestimates Otani a little bit at first, and Otani makes sure the young fellow knows he's there. They go back and forth in a slapping war. Otani is almost toying with him. Tanahashi comes back, though, with an elbow that keeps Otani grounded with dropping attacks and then... There's a lock on his legs. Otani fires back by targeting Tanahashi's bad leg or bad knee, and the rolls are not only suddenly reversed, but Tanahashi's in a lot of trouble. The crowd cheer as Otani throws Tanahashi into the corner to give him a wash, the face wash, that is, with his boot. Tanahashi catches it the second time round and swings into a defensive dragon screw. Tanahashi takes too long gesturing on a senton, once again is... Senior teaches him a lesson, first moving out of the way, then drop-kicking him off the turnbuckle itself. Otani shares a strong dragon suplex with Tanahashi, and he's more than aware. Tanahashi counters the first one, but eats it the second time. They both power out, but Tanahashi hits a sling blade, and is shocked to see Otani spring up from that too. Otani proves he was posturing somewhat by hitting a kick to knock Tanahashi down, and then taking the chance to have a rest of his own. It's a brutal back suplex that uh, has a late two kick out, um, or kick out at two from Tanahashi. Then Otani moves straight into a huge spinning sit out power bomb that he calls the spiral bomb. And again, Tanahashi barely kicks out. So now Otani's shocked. He tells the referee that Tanahashi's knocked out. 
perhaps unsure if he has anything left to give. He tries a dragon suplex, but Tanashi counters it, and this time faking out the dragon and hitting the straightjacket German instead. So Otani this time barely stays in the match with a kick out. Tanashi rolls him over, stumbles up to the top turnbuckle, but up pops the old man again. He tries to throw Tanashi down, but is outmuscled and power bombed. And then a 12 6 follows, which is his Tanahashi sit out fireman slam. Sorry, fisherman slam. And when Otani kicks out of the pinfall, then that's when Tanahashi goes back up to the turnbuckle, hits the high fly flow, and this time Otani stays down. And uh, at least Tanahashi was able to finish the tournament with a win, um, taking Otani. Out of the running, I, would, oh, I guess it depends on his result against Kojima. I don't remember that, but um, Tanashi going up to four points, somewhat respectably. It, after a very good match, I rated it very good. And it flew by. It was, um, again, it just had a really good story of the the veteran teaching that cocky youngster a bit of a lesson and showing there's plenty of fight left in, in the old dog. Um, and at the same time, it, it brought out the fight in Tanahashi who showed grit and determination to survive the pressure piled on him at one point, forcing him to make the right decisions when it counted. Um, Examples I would point to include uh, like the the teasing of the dragon suplex the second time to throw Otani off. And um, and, I mean, he doesn't use the 12-6 very often, so that kept Otani guessing. And it was a strong finish, which is always important, with a tremendous mid-air rotation on the high fly flow. Um, Very... Very fancy. So that's it for that one. And um, the final group or block match is Satoshi Kojima versus Togi Makabe. Kojima on seven points, Makabe on six points. So it comes down to this. The winner of this match will be the finalist that faces Hiroki Goto in the 2008 G1 Climax Final. So, uh, and once again, this is explained before the match that the winner will become a finalist. Um, That final will take place later in the night. Kojima receives a big reaction for his entrance into the arena um, with his fuzzy orange shoulder pads. Quite the fashion statement. Um, And, yeah, we because he's got that his Led Zeppelin entrance music. Or I don't know if he has the rip-off at this point, but um, either way, it's uh, silent, so I don't know. We can only assume that um, Makabe isn't quite as popular as Kojima is. But um, anyway, no time wasted. Getting to the match, Kojima um, gets to jump on Makabe instead of the opposite scenario that occurs in many a, a Makabe match. Not to stray too far from the norm, though, Makabe's GBH goons, Ishii and Honma, attack Kojima shortly after he leaves the ring. Makabe jabs a chair into the side of Kojima's head and squashes his arm between the chair and the ring post. Of course, he just came off surgery not long ago on that elbow. The referee can do little more than watch on and politely ask that they stop, which they don't. Ishii hits Kojima again for good measure, then throws him back in the ring. Makabe continues the assault on that post-surgery arm in the ring. The crowd boo all of this, of course, but that's hardly a deterrent for GBH, 
Kojima fights back with a flurry of chops in the corner with his right arm, and the crowd are crazy, going crazy for that. He swings Makabe into the other corner, tracks him with an elbow. Ichaozo Bakayaro! cry the crowd along with Kojima. Um, I hope I said that right. Something like that. And um, unfortunately, that uh, translated for GBH into let's interfere now because they <laughs> grab his feet, um, hold him down on the at the turnbuckle, and Makabe suplexes him down to the mat. Makabe, oh, sorry, Kojima quickly fights back. He knocks the intruders off the apron before they can consider how to interfere next. And then he lands the elbow off the top. That earns him a two count. There's a nice evasive duck transitioned into a neck breaker before a devastating brain buster that does not end the match, but does continue Kojima's momentum until Makabe hits a spear as uh, Kojima considered his next move. And then he gets taken up to the turnbuckle for another German, a spider German suplex. But his cocky pin attempt of a boot on Kojima's chest does nothing to endear him to the crowd. And uh, this is showing now that Makabe's become perhaps a, a bit too cocky. He runs at Kojima with a lariat. He may not necessarily be at 100% yet, um, Kojima, but he's an expert at the technique, obviously. His block and strike back reverses their momentum, but before he can fully capitalize, Homa inserts himself again, grabbing Kojima's ankles. Mugabe hits a big powerbomb and then goes to his corner to achieve his chain. Kojima tries to attack while Hattori... Uh, has Makabe distracted but accidentally collides with the referee and introduces GBH uh, or produces a, an opportunity for GBH. Makabe runs at Kojima with the chain around his arm and whilst Kojima blocks the blow with a lariat of his own, due to the chain they're both hurt. Honma and Ishii attack when they both cop lariats um, as does Makabe moments later but the referee's still down. Kojima tries to wake him up but then Taru runs in to take advantage of his, uh, of his former partner. He hits Kojima with a chair. Then Makabe hits him with the chain-wrapped lariat. And of course, now Hattori is up. He's ordered to make the pinfall, only for Kojima to kick out. He fires up. He goes for a desperate lariat, but Makabe avoids it, counters into a bridging German suplex, and defeats Kojima to win the match and block A, going into the final. Very good match, this one. Um... Of course, a personal element to it. Uh, even though Tenzan wasn't at ringside, Kojima and Tenzan have reunited. So um, there was there was that aspect to it. And there's obviously a clear babyface and heel dynamic in the match. The fans were strongly behind Kojima, the good guy. Um, and it was a really well-worked match. Of course, there's heaps of interference and weapons and BS. But um, every, every now and then, it... it it's done well. And you know what? It's I feel like I've been saying that um, a fair bit about Maccabi matches in this year of 2008. That, um, and even, you know, last year in 2007, um, it, it can certainly get old quick. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I guess perhaps it's more telling of how good the baby faces are, but they're, they're not always bad. A lot of these, these matches that they do are, are pretty good. Now, um, there was a match in between this match and the final, 
Nakanishi Taguchi, Naito, Tiger Mask, and Yujiro took on uh, a GBH team of Gato Jado, Anderson, Izka, and Yano. So, um, this of course, yeah, just to break up the G1 matches before the final, give Makabe a chance to rest. Um, and GBH's entrance into this match is a fearsome one. Takashi Izka leads the pack with his iron glove tucked away in its sleeve. And um, the rest of them, they, they really give off a, a gangster vibe as they come out. Um, I notice Anderson's got his machine gun uh, pantomime routine going uh, now, which uh, must have been a quite recent thing. He's um he's kind of gone over the top with the cigar and fedora though it's a bit cheesy but he tries to get the announcer by the way to flinch <laughs> but the response is just confusion and a subtly dismissive look which means Anderson regrets it immediately uh, as per his face but um, the rest of them play it cool also actually I noticed Naito cut his fringe too short he looks a bit funny um. Taguchi swivels his hips at uh, his opponents, nearly gets kicked in the groin. Nakanishi is the only one that even gets some kind of polite applause. Uh, I think everyone in the fa- in, everyone in the crowd knows that this is a bit of a piss break, and yeah, they they very much treat it that way. So um, Nakanishi and Yano start trying to return a few people to their seats, but then Yujiro tags himself in. Even though Nakanishi <laughs> extended his hand, so there was really no need for that, but Yujiro decided to bury Nakanishi. Um, and then Yano tags in Carl, who yells out, Machine gun! Because that's what people do when they're in a fight. Um, and <laughs> the fans actually, I mean, at least he gets a reaction, because the fans laugh when he does his pantomime routine again. They just... I think he's a, I mean, he is a dork, but I don't know if that's the reaction he's going for. It kind of is. He's a bit tongue-in-cheek, I think. But um, Jado and Naito get in. They're a bit more serious. Uh, Gato and Tiger Mask, though, they draw the crowd in. They they finally get some reactions. Um, and then uh, Jado jumps back in. Taguchi musters some offense there, but gets dropped by Yano when he stops to pose. And then the match breaks down a bit there. Um, Taguchi gets held by Anderson and is struck by Izuka with the chair so the GBH stuff starts Yano distracts the referee and then puts his little mallet to use on Taguchi without the referee's knowledge and the <laughs> the crowd gasp as he when he, when Yano goes to get rid of the mallet he flings, his over, flings it over his shoulder straight into the crowd um, Iska blo- uh, chokes Taguchi there's a neat rebound into the corner that knocks Anderson down and allows Taguchi to tag in Nakanishi the crowd are into Anderson copping a beating um, with uh, Nakanishi throwing around Mr. Mime with ease but then uh, Tiger gets involved he drop kicks Anderson off Nakanishi's shoulders GBH get back in there's a Anderson fights back with a really nice spinebuster on Naito. Tags in Yano. Then uh, Yujiro's in. And he does some tag moves with Naito. 
Taguchi and Tigerfly out of the ring to delay the cavalry's charge. Uh, the crowd sense the end as Nakanishi enters with purpose soon after that, doing away with Anderson before racking up Yano. Iska forces Nakanishi from the ring and grabs a chair with bad intentions. Meanwhile, Yano takes control against No Limit, hitting a spear on Yujiro and a reckless German suplex on Naito. He finishes Naito with the Onikoroshi, which is his kneeling powerbomb, um, which he kind of he kind of lifts him into a spinebuster position as he does it. But... Um, that's, uh, yeah, so he gets the win there, but um, the fight continues with Iska throwing chair shots liberally at ringside, um, and the GBH guys reconvene in the ring eventually, standing tall as a group of cheats that they are. Bit of a... <clears throat> I rated this match fine. It's, I mean, GBH matches like this are at a disadvantage just because of uh, their nature and the fact that the referees just got no chance to try and control the match um the crowd didn't care about the match at all and there was no particular story to play out so whatever we'll move to the final the g1 climax 2008 final between togi makabe and hiroki goto there is a delay uh, for the ring crew to tidy up the mess that just occurred but it allows a moment for the audience to anticipate the main event. Goto enters first, looking fresh and ready. He, um, of course, had the advantage of having the earlier match. Though Maccabi and Fairness, apart from the graze below his right eye, he appears fit, loose, confident. Too confident, if anything. Um, though that could be due to all his friends being at ringside. Uh, how, how they are allowed to be there, considering they interrupted and interfered so heavily in Makabe's final block matches beyond me. Like, they can't control these guys at all. And then all the rubbish they just pulled in the last match, like... So the last two matches, they've proved an enormous menace, but um, somehow New Japan has not got the power to force a one-on-one match here. For a moment, it looked like Red Shoots was actually going to eject them, but... um, it, just, it was just a stern talking to, I suppose, because they all remain as the bell sounds. Uh, although, in fairness, there's members of Rise in Goto's corner as well. Um, so, the match is underway. Somewhat cagey to begin with as they feel each other out. Goto wins an early exchange and a section of supporters heard chanting his name. Makabe becomes frustrated as... This continues and retreats outside, only to be surprised by Goto's agility. He bounces out of the corner of the ring and flips over the ropes to knock Makabe down. Goto's unafraid to brawl with Makabe around the ring, and perhaps that was ill-advised when he cops a low kick, and then he's driven into the barricade. Goto walks past and drops a steel chair, which Makabe uses as a target after launching Goto off the apron. And he isn't subtle about his next action. He cracks Goto across the face with that same chair and inviting an exacting dressing down by Uno. But it's only worth so much. I mean, he's still cracked him across the face. So probably more of a, an advantage than um, Uno's nasty words are a disadvantage. The crowd react unanimously as Goto's head begin to... Uh, well, his head begins to spill heavily on the floor below him. 
bursted open. His rise to teammates defend him and try to pep-talk him into the right state of mind, um, but he's clearly not ready when he rolls back into the ring. Maccabi punches at the wound, he gestures at the crowd, they rain down booze. There's blood that begins to not only cover the face of Godo, but his chest as well. Maccabi throws him out of the ring again. Honma attacks, but Milano and Co. rush in to Godo's aid. Maccabi threatens to attack, but um, Uno chases him off, and Godo's just, he's bleeding so heavily. Maccabi um, greets him back into the ring when he eventually does return with a sleeper hold. And it's kind of a gruesome sight because Goto's eyes roll back and his face is just covered in blood. He somehow manages to scoot over to the ropes and break the hold, but Maccabi's not worried. He's just having fun now. He, Goto tries to fight back and Maccabi rakes his eyes. The only part of his face that isn't red at this point. Homa jumps up with the chain and Maccabi wants to test the referee's patience. He hangs Goto over the ropes with the chain you know, gives Maccabi a karate kick to the back to stop him, and somehow it works, and the crowd cheer that. Maccabi goes for the power bomb, but Goto resists and eventually lifts Maccabi over his back and then rebounds to knock him down with a lariat. He does it again. There's a dirty-looking Saito suplex that helps his cause too. Goto's found his second wind. He locks in in a modified STF, but Maccabi crawls to the ropes. There's a German suplex attempted by Maccabi. Um... Sorry, a German suplex attempted by Goto, but Mokabe grabs the referee and donkey kicks Goto low. And then he tries to spite a German suplex and lands it despite Goto grasping at the ring post frantically. There's a big powerbomb that earns Mokabe a two count. The pair collide with lariats. Mokabe goes to the top rope with little rhyme or reason. And, well, actually, I mean, he probably was probably going for the King Kong knee drop, but... Goto makes him pay for going up too early with a Yushikiroshi. He goes for the Shouten Kai, but Makabe counters with the bridging German, the same kind that finished Kojima, but Goto kicks out. Makabe follows up with a pair of lariats, but Goto survives. Makabe goes for the knee drop but misses. The crowd are willing Goto on. He goes for a lariat. Makabe ducks and pushes Goto into the referee before hitting a, a dragon suplex. And then he goes back for his chain. He wraps it around his arm. As he moves in, Goto evades the lariat with a wheel kick. It doesn't quite connect properly, so Makabe comes at him again. This time, a drop kick knocks Makabe down, and he loses the chain. They're all down for a moment, the two competitors and the referee, but they all stand at the same time. Goto lands a back suplex. Makabe powers up and takes another one. Goto signals the end and the crowd erupt. He hits the shout and Kai and the referee slides over to count but Makabe kicks out. Goto hits a lariat and Makabe kicks out again. Goto hits one more shout and Kai. This time, he finally keeps Makabe down, sending the fans into rapture. He's medically attended to immediately but he seems somewhat unaware of exactly what he's just achieved until Uno raises his arm in victory and Goto breaks down with emotion. Unfortunately, this whole celebration is muted on New Japan World and it appears, because it certainly appears the fans are really into it, but we, we don't get to hear as much of that as would have been great. Um, although there's one guy not necessarily over the moon in the audience, and that's Shinsuke Nakamura. So, tension brewing between teammates there, but um, this was a good match. Um, it just, 
I I didn't rate it higher because I think maybe I'd watched too many Maccabi matches in a short space of time. Um, it was a gory match, definitely. Uh, I think I, I think I've got to watch this one again. Um, but Goat is still missing some pieces. In fairness, he, um, you know, the the psychology needs some work in in, in parts. He's certainly missing that star quality, um, but he's not alone there at the top of the card when it comes to that. Like, he calls out Muto, and it just kind of comes off a bit dry, but he does get a laugh out of the crowd when he addresses them, and he's got a certain confidence about him, but, I mean, there's promise there. It's just certainly not a finished package yet. But, yeah, good match, an enjoyable event, um, a bunch of good matches on this event, so definitely worth checking out. You can do so in the link in the description. I've got to finish this one. This is a long one. Jeez. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time, have a good one.